I mostly focus on helping people find a balance between their work life and their personal life. As I'm sure you know, as a business owner, things get crazy all the time and it's so easy to make excuse like, well, I have to finish all this stuff. I can't worry about fitness right now. Funny how. Come here, come here though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Who are you? So okay. <laughs> I have a, a PC. I use Streamlabs place. actually. Okay. Streamlabs is good. Cause what's cool about Ecamm, like I can actually adjust your settings and stuff if I wanted to. Like I could make you black and white. Very cinematic. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would need to do that. Ecamm live discount in the description below folks, by the way, I, I used to be a PC user for a long time. And then, you know, once you get hooked on that iPhone, it's hard to, it's hard to get away. True. They're getting yeah, the PCs way. getting better though. They're they're starting to make everything kind of like talk to each other, like iPhone does. It's a yeah. nice change. Bef- it's it's interesting when you look at like Apple as a whole, like what they have done to create this ecosystem that is really not as good as Android uh, or PC for that matter, in most cases. But just the the ecosystem they built and the brainwashing that they've done to all the Apple users, uh, and I'm one of them. I'm I'm willing to admit it. But it's so funny that when <laughs> I find myself, most of most people I know have an Android. So when I'm texting them and you get the green bubble and I find myself like selling Apple to them <laughs> because when they, I think an article recently came out where they admitted this, where Apple specifically compresses and degrades video if you, the Android user, sends it to an Apple device. Because every time I pull up like an, uh, a video from an Android user, it's always the worst quality ever. And I show them and I'm like, dude, it's, it's shitty quality. They're like, bro, I sent it to my other buddy who's got an Android and it's beautiful. And it's because they specifically degrade it. So that way I, as the Apple user, say, bro, Josh, you got to get an Apple, man. Look at the quality of your video. When you send it to me, it's garbage. And then that's what Marketing wise, it's, it's genius, but like also awful at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, we try to put them in this bubble of like they're helping humanity with all these cool new high tech devices. But really, they're just like anything. They're a greedy corporation that's trying to take advantage of the little bit of time we have on this planet. So you can't hate on them for it. It is what it is. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all just fighting for attention. That's the new economy. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. Uh, so, so Josh, so again, thanks for coming on, man. The reason I wanted to have you on is a couple things. So let's talk about a little bit about what you do and um, you know, we uh, first originally met via a uh, YouTube strategy course, but, uh, VRA. <laughs> thank you. VRA. That was the acronym I was looking for. Um, which have you, have you completed that? Have you done the whole thing? Where, where are you at in that process? I'm so behind. Um, I'm still, mm-hmm. are you doing the modules? Have you finished all of them? No, I haven't. And for people that don't know, it's, um, Sean Cannell. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, great YouTube creator, uh, followed him for a while, but he has this course that they'll teach you these different modules on how to grow on YouTube. So Josh and I originally met there. And uh, yeah, it's been great, but I have not, I've maybe completed four modules. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Yeah, I'm slacking. I uh, signed up for two courses at the same time, and I mm -hmm. keep bouncing back and forth between the two. (laughs) That's right. And I I do find myself like wanting to start it, and like I I block out time for it. But you know, it's also one of those things where this is where I got to train my mind uh, to get out of it is because it's not um, creating income right away. Mm-hmm. I find myself putting it on the back burner a lot. 
And that's just the wrong way to think because, you know, you got to think of it like an internship essentially where you got to learn these steps to eventually make a good ROI on YouTube. And I'm just, I got to make time for it because YouTube is so complex and um, I'm doing a lot of shorts, which was Mm -hmm. great. So there's a lot of great information I learned from that VRA course regarding shorts. And I'm getting a lot of followers based off. I think I've grown like grown like 50 followers just in the past couple of weeks. So if I continue on this course, you know, in a couple of months, I'll be at a few th- thousand extra, which is exciting. But um, yeah, just long form YouTube videos. It's been tough, man. Oh, I'm right there with you. Like my shorts get anywhere between three to 5K views. And then my long form will get like 20. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, dude? And I know a lot of that's just they're pushing shorts. YouTube mm-hmm. is. They're uh, trying to compete with them TikToks. That's right, dude. We, we all do you are. put on TikTok too, or do you just do YouTube? No, I do TikTok too. Yeah, it's pr- essentially the same content. Sometimes I'll uh, do more because uh, I have a UGC business, so where mm-hmm. I I generate content for brands and stuff. So I'll do a lot of that on TikTok as well as promoting the podcast and things like that. But yeah, TikTok for me is is definitely more. Um, I'm seeing a faster return on investment on TikTok for now. Yeah, I, I haven't made the the leap over yet. Mine's been 100% on YouTube. Um, I'm almost ke- treating it like a hobby. So mm. I own multiple gyms. Um, I also have a coaching business that helps people grow their gyms too. So from start to finish, I help with that. Uh, that's called the FitPro Collective. And my gyms are called Dedicated Health. But honestly, I'm trying really hard to make my... Uh, YouTube presence, just more of a hobby. I'm just talking about things I like talking about. So I talk about business, health, and uh, finances. So that's pretty much, that's what I find interesting. So that's all I talk about. <laughs> that's awesome. And do you just talk about it on your YouTube? Do you have a podcast? Uh, so all of my YouTube videos, it's kind of a weird layout. Uh, so I do a live video, a live recording of my podcast. Mm-hmm. Then I edit that down and I post it as audio and video podcasts. And then I make shorts out of it as well. Nice. So similar to what I do, that's kind of what I do is I'll do a long form YouTube uh, podcast and I'll post that whole thing and then I'll cut it up and, and make a little clips. So that's awesome. And do you do all that yourself, all the editing? and? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, same. We're, uh, we're about to hire a content manager for Dedicated Health um, because we want to start a podcast for that where we go through and interview all the people who's gone through the Dedicated Health programs and their before and afters along. Like, so basically testimonial videos. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have time to edit all of those. So we are hiring an editor for that. So nice. Congrats, man. You own a couple gyms. So where's that out of again? What state are you in? Uh, I'm in Indiana. So um, all of my gyms are in Indiana. Yeah. Very cool. And what's it called again? Shout out. Dedicated Health. Dedicated Health for all you Indianians. What What do you call yourselves over there? Logo right there. Who, uh, we call ourselves Hoosiers. Hoosiers. That's right. <laughs> Hoosiers. Very cool. And what, what made you want to get into the fitness game? Have you always been passionate about fitness? Uh, honestly, yeah. So I started off with the stereotypical story of hating my life, working in a factory and knowing there had to be something more than that. And right. fitness was kind of my way of building discipline and getting away from all that. Uh, so at some point, I, I've always studied it too. Like human adaptation has always fascinated me. The fact that we can just Whatever outcome we want, we can make happen just by making adaptations in our life in any aspect, both Mm. mentally and physically. So if we just keep doing something long enough and do it in the right manner, we will produce change. And I always thought that was so awesome. So 
I started studying that. I even went to school for it and just uh, learning how to use exercise and movement as medicine. Um, in fact, my degree is in sports medicine. And eventually, after years of hating what I was doing in a factory, realized, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to try. So I quit my job, became a personal trainer, did pretty dang well at it, and then ended up buying the gym that I was training out of. Uh, the story is a little bit longer than that, but the condensed version is basically, yes, it was from, from factory worker to fitness and then just fitness all the way from there. That's awesome, man. And I mean, how rare is that to where you actually find something you're passionate about and you're able to profit, make a living off it? Uh, that, that's, that's something truly special. And, you know, for me, I resonated a little bit with that because I was in the fitness game for quite some time. I was um, uh, working at LA Fitness, which I think they have some in Indiana. And, you know, those big corporate chains. But this was back, uh, what was I, eight? I think I was 18 when I first started, when I got my first gig. And, you know, back then, I mean, LA Fitness was only a couple years old. I think it was like three years old at that time. And <clears throat> I started off in sales. And that was like only really my second or third job. And I didn't really think anything of it. It just so happens I fell into that fitness because I walked over and applied. And I was in pretty good shape. I was working out occasionally here and there. And uh, my job before that was working at a movie theater in the uh, concession department. I was the supervisor of concession distribution, which really I just made your popcorn. I, I, that's, <laughs> but that's what I put on my resume. <laughs> and, Sounds uh, better. <laughs> it does sound better, yeah. So I uh, walked over and I was like, you know, listen, I, I work out. What if I just uh, went over there and, you know, got paid to talk about fitness? So I walked over there, applied, and I started in sales, did that for about a year. I got certified as a trainer as well. And then I moved over to the training side, did that for a couple of years. And then I, after that, left LA Fitness and did some things on the side, which was more profitable for me, as you know. Working for yourself as a trainer is definitely more lucrative than giving, you know, 40% of the profit to the man. But yeah, eventually I got out of the game, but now I'm still very, very much involved in fitness. Uh, but now I... I know enough and I keep up with it enough to have my own home gym. You know, I got, I got an ice barrel where I do my plunges. I got a sauna, an infrared sauna in my gym. I got my kettlebells. I got my Smith machine. I'm, I'm all set up at the, at the house. But uh, what, what do you, what do you typically practice? Are you, are you currently training people as well? Or are you just running the gym and delegating it at that point? I do train, I train very specific populations. So I will only train business owners. Those are the only people I work with. Uh, everyone else goes to my coaches. I have five or six coaches in total spread out across all of the facilities. Uh, so the majority of people end up getting trained by one of them. Um, but if you're a business owner and you're looking for a coach, you know, hit me up. Um, <laughs> but I mostly focus on helping people find a balance between their work life and their personal life. Uh, as I'm sure you know, as a business owner, things get crazy all the time. And it's so easy to make excuse like, well, I have to finish all this stuff. I can't worry about fitness right now. Let's take a quick break to introduce today's sponsor. So on this show, we talk a lot about health, wellness, but sometimes there's so much info out there. Uh, it's just, you know, it's hard to get started. Well, if uh, you need a little nudge, check out perfectketo.com. They don't just have great supplements, but it's a really great resource to keep you educated on ways to help improve your health through a low-carb diet. Now, not everybody is into keto or low-carb, and that's totally okay. I get it. But Perfect Keto has tons of great supplements, snacks, and foods that you can work into any diet. And just for being a listener of the show, you're going to get 20% off your entire order by visiting perfectketo.com and using the code THEBERARDO. Again, that's perfectketo.com. Use the code THEBERARDO. 
Thank you, Perfect Keto. If you don't prioritize your health and fitness, everything else around it will suffer. So even even myself, like when I started this, obviously I loved working out. I was into fitness. I was very, very interested in that. And I was very addicted to the results I got from working out, which that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. But now I'll be the first one to admit that I actually hate working out. I own multiple fitness businesses and hate working out. But I like the result that I get from it. So I'm willing to push through all that and keep doing it on a daily basis just because I know everything else in my life would suffer if I didn't. So I feel like in that regard, I can relate better with other business owners because I know what they're going through. Whenever they walk in that room to work out, they have a hundred other things on their mind and I get it. So if I can just get you through this and get you the results so you can move on to the next thing, then we're winning one more thing at the in that day. Yeah, man, that's so true. And yeah, you know, especially as a business owner, I mean, that's a great point because you do want to prioritize a lot of things. And, you know, again, we understand that money is the thing that drives most things. We get that. But mm -hmm. what a lot of people don't understand is when you focus more on your health, everything else, like you said, tends to kind of fall by the wayside and um, it's it's a lot easier than you think. You know, there's a lot of stress that's involved with not working out and anxiety and depression and all these types of things could be quote unquote cured. I don't want to label it like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, you could definitely um, impact those emotions by giving your body that, you know, shot of dopamine, not from your phone, but through working out and, you know, doing things like uh, um, heat exposure and cold therapy and these types of things that can shock your body, including working out, um, really make a big impact, not just on your life around you, but physically and mentally, like you were saying earlier. And that's what's, uh, 100%. it's kind of, it's super interesting how we look at things, right? Because a lot of people kind of look around and they say, well, you know, I own a company and I, I just don't have time to work out or I don't have time to eat right. I want to go through the drive through and I got to grab food here. And I got, what you don't understand is even just eating properly can drastically change your daily life, you know, because you think that you're depressed or maybe you're stressed out because you're working a lot. And that might be the case. But more often than not, if you just change up your diet, just that little thing alone, and get rid of the garbage that we're eating, you're going to see a lot less stress in your life. You're going to see a lot less depression and anxiety. Because when you hit these peaks of like highs and lows, it's probably because of your food. If you're not working out, mm -hmm. it's probably because of what you're eating, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah. And that's what people don't really get is you could really change these things without working out. And then once you eat right and you do what you got to do on that end, you're going to feel a lot better and then you'll feel more motivated to actually work out. But a lot of people think it's too far-fetched to just stop everything they're doing. I got to eat right. I got to do this diet. I got to work out every day. I got to just start eating right. Get rid of the junk and all the crap that you're doing, right? And then once you clean that, part out of your life, then you could start working out again and you'll get more motivated once you change that lifestyle. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, just like you said, really think that it's an all or nothing type deal. I tell everyone, my motto is fix the butt. So every time you hear someone say, I would love to start working out, but like they will literally tell you what the problem is and then do nothing to fix that problem. If you just said, I would love to start working out, but I don't have time. Okay. So the solution is figure out how to manage your time. Like you, you're telling yourself what you need to work on to make the result you want happen. Just work on that. And that could be your one step forward to get you where you want to be. And it could be a, a four month process, but as long as you're taking action, getting you closer to the goal, it doesn't matter because you're slowly getting rid of all the obstacles in your way. 
So I completely agree. And and yeah. to your example, eating healthy, well, eating healthy <laughs> to whatever that means to each person. Yeah. Um, Some people say eating correctly. <laughs> eating <you> correctly. <laughs> yes. Um, eating correctly or eating healthy, however you want to phrase it. Yeah. That is a great step because if you go work out and still eat like crap, it doesn't, it no longer matters. Like you'll That's feel right. a little better because you're moving, but nutrition comes way before fitness does. Yeah, absolutely. And as a business owner, I'm curious because not only have I uh, been in that industry for quite some time, but I have a lot of buddies that are still in that industry and we talk about this all the time. We goof, but how do you think as we talk about social, how do you think that's impacted the health industry in a positive way, a negative way? Like what's your, what's your side of things? Oh, and an absolutely negative way. <laughs> so, uh, this isn't just my beliefs for social, like for in the fitness industry alone. Mm -hmm. My belief is all around humanity. So it's done a lot of good. Don't get me wrong. Like we're more connected. Like for example, me and you wouldn't have met if it wasn't for this. Mm -hmm. However, I do believe there's been a lot of negative aspects that has really hindered us in a lot of way. For example, there's a lot of people out there that if they start bad at something or worse than someone else, they won't even start at all because they they feel like they're already so far behind. And mm -hmm. the problem is all these influencers are only posting the good things, the highlights, the like shredded abs, the perfect meals, the perfect days, all these things mm -hmm. that are, are unattainable for a lot of people who just work all the time or don't have that being their main source of income. That's and right. long, long term, that's going to have some really negative effects on people because they're going to constantly compare themselves to these influencers and these people who look the way that they think they should look and not even start because they've been held back by the, the fear of not being as good as whoever it is they're watching. That's right. And, you know, again, it's this like facade. I think that's why TikTok has grown so much. It's this like pedestal that we're putting everybody on. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do, I think, it's not even just social media, but it's just the celebrity aspect of things. Where, you know, you look at a guy like Chris Hemsworth or Ryan Goslin, or if you're a girl, maybe it's Kim Kardashian or Kendall Jenner, like all, all these big celebrities kind of started this all 20, 30 years ago. And we wanted to be the Brad Pitts of the world from Fight Club. Like we all wanted to do that. Problem is though, when you watch Brad Pitt 20 years ago in Fight Club, you and I watched that movie, we're like, oh, I gotta be that dude, right? Like that was, when I was 18, that's what I fucking, when I was in the gym, yep. that's what I was doing. That was, was the like, pinnacle. That was the pinnacle. <laughs> it was like, uh, like I'm thinking about Brad Pitt in a very, very, uh, I don't even want to say heterosexual way. Cause there was certain aspects of like, if I, I don't know, like if he came up to me at the gym, I'd be like, Brad, come on, dude, let's go. Let's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you single, let's you and me on. right now. I mean, let's go. <laughs> come on. You busy. So but when I, that was my motivation. And you know, the difference of, of that versus where we're living in now is then it was just a movie. It was a figment of my imagination. It was fake. It was not something I could see in my hands all the time. Um, now we see it every second of every day. And now it's not just Brad Pitt, right? Now mm -hmm. it's thousands of people you're scrolling. And, you know, depending on your For You page, that's the problem, right? You look at a couple Chris Hemsworth or a couple Brad Pitts with their shirt off. And next thing you know, your for you page is surrounded by good looking blonde guys. And you're like, Oh my God, this is fantastic. And now you're getting fed all this information constantly. And we don't know how to turn it off because that dopamine hit we're getting from scrolling and from looking at everything. Uh, now it's just permanently embedded into us and it's hard to get out of it. Very true. And 
I honestly believe that's holding us back in more ways than one, too. Because mm. if you think about it, the picture that is painted on social media is one that everything should always be gray all the time. Because you see, you only see the best parts, right? Mm. So you're constantly being shown like, this person's life is amazing. Like they never post how bad things are. That's so right. in your head, if your life isn't always amazing, which no one's ever is, then mm -hmm. you feel like you're falling short because you're not keeping up with that expectation of like, well, his life is always great. He never has any problems. He's never worried about money. He's never worried about his wife. Like nothing ever bothers him. He just is always great. And that mm. sets a standard in your brain that you can never live up to. That's so true. You know, it's kind of fitting as you're talking about this. I don't know if you if you follow this or not, but Sir Twitch a lot, he's, I don't know if you ever watched the Ellen show, mm -hmm. but he, he was actually like the DJ and he just committed suicide today. And really? Yeah. And, uh, his name's, I think is, I don't remember his full name. So I apologize for anybody out there that follows dance, but my wife told me about it cause she's big in the dance, the dance culture. And he's like a big, I think it was on dancing with the stars and stuff, but he's best known for being Ellen's right hand guy, right? Like he was the mm -hmm. DJ. He was the guy that was in front of all the music that was playing that she would come out and dance to. So his name was Twitch. She showed me this literally just today. And so it's funny you're talking about that. And the reason I say that is because if you go to his social media, it's all him and his wife and his kids dancing, having fun, uh, laughing, playing like the most positive dude you've ever met in your life. Super famous, super well-known. And he unfortunately took his own life today. To your point, you look at something like that and you're like, you never know what someone's going through on social media. So for us to put them on that pedestal and to give them praise and to give them like that high standard, not only is it bad for us, but it's bad for that person as well, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for, for him in particular, but I could just say there's been a ton of influencers and celebrities that have either taken their own life or been in some sort of accident under stress because the fans of that influencer or celebrity put so much pressure on that person that they end up, you know, obviously doing things like this. And that's the danger with social media. And that's the danger with putting these folks on pedestals. And the more you look at them as just a regular human and that you are empathetic to what problems they might be going through, even if they don't show it and you don't put them on that big pedestal, I think it's going to be good for both parties, but you got to be careful with stuff like that. Oh yeah. 100%. I'm yeah. sure you've heard of PewDiePie, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Keep my, yeah. Um, yeah. so PewDiePie made, this was like four years ago, but I still watch this video like at the beginning of every year because when I was growing up, my dream was to become a YouTuber, but this video put it in perspective. Uh, something people don't think about. So we've talked about the negative side of the viewer, right? Mm -hmm. And just like you were saying, the negative side of the creator is they're constantly put on this pedestal too, which sets a very high standard. But if you also think about it, if that becomes your source of income, like if you are a YouTuber, mm -hmm. your entire life is surrounded by how much someone likes you mm -hmm. so every single day you have to show up better than you were yesterday to get people to like you more stay interested and fight for the one thing that is literally proven to be shortening which is attention like our attention mm -hmm. spans short have been shortening like by four or five seconds every year yeah. for however long now um so it's just crazy to think like we're here looking up to this person and thinking like, man, I would do anything to be like that person. And then that person's going, man, I'm going nuts. I have to keep like making all this great stuff all the time. It's right. really a double-edged swords in both ways. So yeah, it's, it's rough. A, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that that's wild. And, you know, uh, eventually it might even get to the point to where 
you know, our attention span is two seconds. And now mm -hmm. you have to evolve with that as a creator. That's one thing that worries me the most. That's why I think you mentioned earlier that you want to kind of create YouTube as like a, uh, a hobby, which I definitely think you can create a living off of. But it's, you know, like Sean Cannell said, I mean, it took him 10 years to get where he's at. So I think if you put time and effort into it and go all in, I think it's very possible. I also think the problem, though, is a lot of these big creators that, you know, we know and that we hear of, guys like Peter McKinnon, guys like Mr. Beast, you know, all these folks started 10, 12, 15 years ago on YouTube when YouTube really wasn't YouTube. You know, it's very similar to like the TikTok stars. They first blew up in 2020 and now they're able to quit their jobs and make a living. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. But now I'm starting to see YouTube, TikTok, like all this stuff is very saturated still. And I still think mm -hmm. there's so many people that are fighting for that attention. It's going to be harder to grow now than it was 10 years ago. And people are different now than what they were 10 years ago. You know, uh, there's so many more people back then when these folks just started that I don't want to say it was easier because I know it's not easy, but I think it was kind of easier, you know, right? When there's less people on the platform, there's more attention that goes to certain creators. But now there's millions and millions of people. There's so much content. You know, you could spend all day, every day on YouTube looking at random videos and you will never run out of content. That is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. It really is. And I completely agree. Like the truth is, I think at this point in time, yes, if, if you do anything consistently enough, with enough dedication and perseverance, basically, if you get on that grind, eventually you'll make something out of it. It just, Perfect. it has to happen. It's just how it works. Like it would be impossible for you not to. However, with that being said, I completely agree. I think if you go into YouTube with the mindset of this is going to be my income someday, you will fail for the mm. simple fact that unless you're thinking in 10 year increments, then you will fail because right. it's going to be so hard for you to stand out. At this point, if you do make it on YouTube and you've done it within a year, it was luck. It yeah. just was. You're, yeah. you're not more skilled. You're just more lucky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I hate to put it that way because I'm not a huge fan of like luck itself, but you just said the right thing at the right time. And even big YouTubers these days will say this. Like there's not a, every YouTuber out there is like, yeah, I got lucky. And I put in the work. I did this for years and I kept throwing stuff out there and eventually I got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is, right? It's all about the the repetition. I mean, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's the, that's the challenge I think with uh, being a creator versus having another job uh, or a corporate job, quote unquote. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of positives, obviously, just being a creator and working for yourself. You're able to do, you can profit with talking about things that you want to talk about and mm -hmm. doing things that you love. You could definitely profit based off what you like as a creator. Issue with that is, though, you have to go into this thinking, listen, I, I might make 30, 40, 50 grand a year for the next five years, and then I might make something of myself. And I'm okay with that only because I've I've been on the other side of the fence. I've made six figures. I've worked for corporate jobs. And because of the pandemic and some other issues working with startups, I ended up getting laid off. And, you know, I always kind of looked at it like I'd rather make 50, 60, 70 grand a year for the next 50 years of my life versus making 250 grand a year and working for someone else. That's just me. Only because I know how to live below my means. Um, I, I don't need a lot of things. I mean, me and my wife share one car because 
We don't need two cars. I mean, we do everything together. So why not save that extra money? But a lot of people want two cars, not because they use it. It's because the wife wants one car and the daddy wants another car. It's like, these are all materialistic things that we don't really need. And once you get that shit out of your face and you start focusing on like what's really important and that's like your family and your health, all that other stuff kind of kind of falls on the wayside because that's what costs the most money. Family and health are free most of the time. Health might cost mm-hmm. money depending on, but uh, you could do things for free with your family and your health. So everything else, if you can learn how to cut those out, you know, cut out the materialistic stuff, you can actually live off of 30, 40, 50 grand a year. But you oh, won't yeah. have the new iPhone though. <laughs> so <laughs> FYI, be careful guys. You might not have the new iPhone. Oh, oh no, your status, uh, your status. Not my status. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is the challenge, right? It's like, uh, but I also look at it like, what if, right? Like, what if you were a creator and what if you were able to dedicate those 10 years of your life, live below your means for 10 years? And, uh, you know, you might you might be a Mr. Beast one day. And how cool would that be? That would be awesome. Yeah. So I no one, no one who does YouTube or makes videos doesn't somewhere in the back of their head think, man, I wish I was that big. Like, I wish I had that kind of following. It's, it's just honestly the way it works. Like that's, I think it'd be inhuman to say it's not. However, I do try to look at it as more of a, so I guess it would be more, the way I try to look at it is more in long-term longevity. So worst case scenario, say I do this for five or 10 years and I never blow up or make like an income from this. Mm. However, since I am a business owner, I have multiple multiple different facets to my life and other incomes, that's not going to affect me in any way. Like I, my money right. doesn't come from this. My money comes from my businesses. Right. And with what I talk about, the things I enjoy, if I go through and I talk about how I've gotten to where I am now and share like the tips and tricks I have to progress in business the way I have and in health, and someone else takes that knowledge and they move to where I am in less time, that means they're going to be able to go even farther than I am. So even though maybe I don't make it to that end goal, but the person who took my knowledge and moved faster than I did might. Mm. So with that goal in mind, I'm 100% okay with it. Because as long as someone gets the carry at the end of this journey, I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that, that's kind of the reason why I started my podcast actually was, you know, even if I wasn't profitable off this, I just wanted to kind of share my knowledge and experience in the health and wellness game with someone else out there. And when I get like DMs of people saying, Hey bro, I listened to episode, you know, 130, and you know, this was great. And, uh, it really helped me do X, Y, Z that right there is like, this is why I'm a creator. This is why I like to do things like that because you know, it's, it's, it's my baby this podcast mm-hmm. and the content that I create and the fact that it gets, you know, gives joy to other people. That's something really special and really, and you know, this goes back to like, as long as you like doing it, right? Like forget the money for a second, you know, as long as we gotta, we gotta get out of that mindset of like buying all this crazy shit. I did a whole podcast about this, about how during uh, black Friday, the the amount of money that we spend on things that we pretty, pretty much don't use or need. Mm-hmm. And like, if you go through, I've, I've been doing this radical thing where it's like, um, um, 25 days of random acts of kindness and I'm I've been doing, watching them. They're awesome. Oh, thanks dude. I appreciate it. 
So I, I did this one a um, few days ago, actually, where it was, or maybe it was yesterday. Took a shit ton of stuff that I didn't use, brought it all to Goodwill, and it was like boxes of stuff. And I haven't used it in years. And it's not only is it taking up clutter inside my house, which when you see that clutter, but a lot of people don't know, your closet's the, wor- the, the worst thing ever. Because if there's so much clutter and you have all these clothes that you never wear and all that, if you just clear out all that clutter, and you eliminate half of the stuff in your closet, you're going to feel a thousand times better. Because the second you go into that closet, there's so much anxiety that hits us when we see that mess. If you could just declutter everything, and that's what I did with a lot of stuff, not just the clothes, but with old toys and old shoes and all the things that I wasn't using. Not only did I want to declutter it for myself mentally, but I'm like, it's the holidays, man. There's people out there that don't have shoes. You know, Donate it somewhere where maybe it'll, it'll go to a good cause. You know, if there's cans of food in the pantry that you haven't used in six months, get rid of it. Donate it. And that's one thing I'm starting to do a lot more of is like try to not necessarily be a minimalist because um, that's just fucking crazy. But <laughs> like these folks have like a pair of spoons, a pair of forks, a pair of not. No, like I'm not that crazy. But it is there is something really special about living below your means and having less things because then you have more time to, like you said, work out, maybe read more. Um, I'm even doing things like just walking outside in the morning, going barefoot, putting my feet on the ground, you know, and just enjoying the sun for a second without touching my devices. The only way I can do that is because I have less shit in my backyard now. I got rid of a lot lot of it. So now it's like this clean backyard where I can just walk out, enjoy it a little bit, enjoy the sun. And uh, there's something special in it, man, when you start to declutter your life. It's cool. I completely agree. And um, believe it or not, YouTube actually is a result of that declutter for me because I went through a very similar process, right? Mm. So I was looking at my schedule and material items aren't the only thing they can clutter. You can fill your schedule full of a bunch of pointless, useless tasks too, but you put it on your schedule so you feel like it's productive. Uh, that's a that's a pit hole I fell in. I actually made a podcast about that the other day, but I was sitting there and I was thinking about all the things that I do in a day and I laid them all out and I started realizing like, I was just wasting so much time. I was like putting so much effort into really meaningless tasks that I didn't enjoy doing anyway. Are you familiar with the term core values? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Core values, I I live my life by very set and strict guidelines, which I call call core values. Mm -hmm. So education, consistency, community, and integrity are my core values. Um, And I filter everything I do through those things. So education, I, I wanted to pick a hobby, two hobbies, period, that fit that core value. And looking at the way the world is now, like the new economy that if you listen to Alex Ramosi, that's what he keeps saying. The new economy is attention. That's what we're all fighting for. Worst case scenario, you don't make it on YouTube as a content creator. You learned how to make content. So that is a skill that will make you indefinitely invaluable forever now because that's where the world's going. Uh, and then the other thing is, I make Gundam models. <laughs> um, oh, sick. But anything that doesn't fit those two hobbies and I don't need for my business, I got rid of mm. everything. So I got rid of a bunch of a bunch of clothes, a bunch of old toys, a bunch of useless like little trinkets, uh, like a computer trinkets that I would use for no real reason. They didn't serve a purpose, but right. same thing. Like I got rid of so much stuff and have felt so much better from cleaning out my schedule and cleaning out my like physical material stuff on one 
foul swoop. That's such a great, I didn't even think about that to where not only can you declutter materialistic things, but also like scheduling and, and your time, because that is a big commodity, right? Like time. We mm. don't, we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast where people are saying they don't have the time to work out. They don't have the time to eat right. They want to go do fast food. But, you know, a lot of times when we, quote unquote, don't have the time, it's because we're busy doing other things that maybe aren't beneficial to our daily lives. And when you can identify what's beneficial and what isn't, that's, I think, where where the magic number is. You know, when you 100%. Can, yeah, when you can figure out what exactly you're passionate about and go all in on that. And um, me and my wife talk about this all the time to where, are you, are you married? I have a girlfriend. Girlfriend, nice. Uh, how long? If you don't mind me asking, you've been together. Uh, it's been a year and a half now. Okay, very cool. So uh, we got married um, a few years ago. So we've been together almost seven years, and almost every day, <laughs> I feel like we talk about this, me and her, because there's we always end up picking up these new hobbies. And as a married mm -hmm. couple now, I kind of have to like agree with it. Um, so that's why I'm asking if you're married or not, because you're probably gonna have to deal with this soon when you get married. Because when you're dating, it's like, oh, okay, we got hobbies. We each got an individual thing, no big deal. But then when you're married, these like hobbies really take over each other's lives. And when you start to identify, oh my God, we're spending so much time on this and it's not benefiting us at all. Sure, it's fun. Yeah, it's great. But as you're married and you start to start a family and you get older, you start to realize that, okay, so all these like hobbies that we've been doing aren't really serving a purpose. Like, sure, they're fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like when I'm 20, is a good time to have hobbies just mm -hmm. to fuck around. But when you get in your 30s, like I'm, I'm almost 40, I'm 37. So when you get like a little bit older, you're like, you really start to think, hold on. So I'm like halfway done. <laughs> like another half of this and I'm toast. Like that's it. So I need to really think about what I'm doing with my time. And time becomes very valuable as you get older. And if I, if I could say anything to my 20-year-old self, it's like, it's okay to have hobbies, bro, but have goals of like what you want to do when you're 50. And 60. And that's hard to tell a 20 year old. Mm -hmm. But like, as, as I'm, you know, in my 30s and so is my wife, we have this conversation all the time where it's like, we got to start thinking about like when we're 50 or 60. You know, like we can't just buy things willy nilly that has a shelf life of a couple of years, this hobby that we're going to do for a couple of years, because that's a short term, what's the word I'm looking for? A short term satisfaction, mm -hmm. right? Versus like health, that's a long term satisfaction. You're going to see ROI on that for years to come. Right. But like doing things like going to ultra music festival every year, this is not a good plan for success. It's just, it's fun for now until you get older. And then you're like, that was a waste of a couple hundred dollars every weekend. Right. So you start to have to, you know, think about that stuff as you get older. I, yeah, I completely agree. And that's kind of the, so the, the particular hobby I had that I got rid of completely was video games. Uh, mm -hmm. it provided, I want my hobbies to be fun, obviously. And sure. obviously I have one hobby that doesn't, it's more, uh, doesn't really provide any kind of value. And I allowed myself one. <laughs> um, but that's but it. If, yeah, exactly. Um, and I only allow myself one hour a week on that hobby as well. Mm. Um, but the other hobby, which would be YouTube for me and video editing and content creation, had to be something that would progress my life in some way. So that's why that became what it is. Uh, and I also wanted to be something that I can do while being present with my girlfriend. So for example, anytime I'm editing videos or anything along those lines, I'm sitting right next to my girlfriend. So instead of sitting there watching TV, 
which you both aren't talking anyway because you're watching TV. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something that's benefiting me, and she's typically doing something that's benefiting her. We're alone together is what we call it, but we are spending the same kind of quality time. I've, I was talking to someone about this the other day. They were talking about how uh, they didn't have time to – they wanted to start making podcasts. They didn't have time to make podcasts or edit videos and content. And my response was, what do you and your wife talk about whenever you're on TV, whenever you're watching TV? And he was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I was like, what do you guys talk about? Like, if there's a show on right now, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, well, honestly, I mean, maybe something about the show. <laughs> like, let's be honest. You probably, you sat there for like 35 minutes and don't say a word to each other, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So imagine that exact same scenario, but you're editing something. Like you have the same quality of time. Yeah. It's no different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so true. Yeah. And you know, nowadays, I mean, we don't even like, like scroll like together. Sometimes we catch ourselves like on the opposite side of the couch, scrolling through Instagram and TikTok for, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes before we say anything to each other. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's again, to your point is if you're going to not spend time with each other, do things that you both enjoy, but do it separately in your own quarters or together if you can, like you're doing with your girlfriend. I mean, that's that's a great practice because if you could just figure out a way to do certain things that benefit your life versus scrolling all the time on your phone, that's going to be huge long term. And, um, you know, I also look at it like imagine how many years we wasted on like Snapchat. You know, like, yes, <laughs> I spent so much time on MySpace and Snapchat and all that, but they're not even here anymore. They're gone. Mm -hmm. You're not even using them. Yeah. So all that time you invested, and I say invested because you invested time, whether you know it or not, time and energy and stress, you invested those things into Snapchat and MySpace, and they no longer exist. So guess what? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, in 15 years, 20 years, you're going to be saying the same thing. I can't believe I wasted so much time on TikTok and Instagram. All these things are fads. They're going to come and go. But there's one thing you can't get back is time. So use that shit wisely. You know, 100%. Boom. I, I, need a clip. I need to clip that shit, Josh. Yes. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> clip that. That's going to be a short. <laughs> I, I didn't realize, bro. So we're almost at like 45 minutes already. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like a fucking time warp in this thing. Listen, dude, there's so much more I could talk to you about. Um, I like to keep things under an hour usually, uh, but mm -hmm. I could probably talk to you for like three hours about health, fitness, all that jazz. So we got into a lot of great topics. Let's do this again. Yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're cool 100%. with it. Where can people find you? Shout out your gym, your site, your uh, social media, all that jazz. So I made it really easy. Uh, quick backstory of why this is what it is. If you type in I am Josh I am Josh Riggs in any of the social medias you can find me. It's because someone stole my account once and they made a fake one of me. So I made I am Josh Riggs. Oh. Anyway, so that's me. I am Josh Riggs. And then if you ever want to visit Dedicated Health in Terre Haute, Indiana, I'll give you a free day pass. Check it out. Ooh, if I was closer, I would take you up on that. I'm in Florida, so it's a little bit of a hike. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but maybe one day, Josh. But Josh, thanks again, man. Appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely stay connected. I'll shoot you an email after this. Thanks for the time, brother. Thank you. You have a good one. All right, buddy. You too, man. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics. But I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out and they're all just as good but if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the channel check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics i talked about as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates but uh, thanks for listening to this episode and uh, we'll see you next time